Blog Talk Radio. Hi, this is Stephen Nill, CEO of CharityChannel.com. So, you want your charity to succeed. You came to the right place. Integration of online and offline techniques is the key to your fundraising success and practical advice on going green is what you need. With this show, The Nonprofit Coach with Ted Hart, you will learn from experts around the world who provide advice you can use. Our host is Ted Hart, one of the foremost nonprofit thought leaders. His books range from successful online fundraising to use of social media and how to make your nonprofit green. His guests are leaders in their field who will share tips and trade secrets for nonprofit management, green strategy, and fundraising success. Ted lectures around the world, but now he's here for you. From the latest in charity news, technology, fundraising, and social networking, Ted and his guests help you maneuver through this economic downturn in the charitable sector to greater levels of efficiency and fundraising success. And now, here's Ted. Hello and good afternoon. This is Ted Hart here on The Nonprofit Coach. Thank you for joining me today. Uh, Don't forget that if you'd like to call in for our Page 2 expert, uh, you can dial in any time, and that number is 347-324-3080. Again, that's 347-324-3080. Or if you're shy and want to ask a question, you can email that to me at tedhart.com at tedhart.com. Today is Monday, May 10th. Uh, we're here in the nation's capital. A bit of a chilly day today. It was certainly warmer uh, last week, but we've got a full show for you. So let's get on to page one. We're actually going to start uh, page one this week, uh, as we did last week, by reminding charities uh, that up to 400,000 charities may be just days away from losing their tax-exempt status. Uh, we can, uh, you can find all the links and information, of course, as always, at p2pfundraising.org. That's the letter P, the number two, the letter P, fundraising.org. Click on Archives and just type in Radio Links. And we've got a link there to a New York Times article, and I want to bring some practical advice here, uh, and that is that charities may lose their tax-exempt status. The IRS has reported that they will begin revoking uh, exemptions on May 16th of this year, and those are uh, any charity that is in violation of the details set forth in the Pension Protection Act of 2006, which generally means that if you have not uh, filed your IRS uh, 990 form uh, in the last several uh, years, then you will be in violation. And as I shared with you last week, if you do lose your tax-exempt status, you're going to have to start all over again. But here's some good practical advice coming to us from GuideStar. Uh, Bob Ottenoff uh, over at uh, uh, GuideStar says that uh, the IRS will begin revoking exemptions on May 16th, but will wait until 2011 to send uh, revocation notices. The IRS is essentially giving uh, delinquent nonprofits a six-month grace period in which to file their annual returns. Uh, They're hoping certainly that a lot of charities that might be in danger of losing their exemption will take advantage of this opportunity, but no time like the present to get on this topic and make sure that you are in compliance. Now, uh, GuideStar estimates 
estimates that between 350,000 and 400,000 nonprofits are in danger of losing their exemptions in just a few days. Uh, and that is one of the biggest reasons for that is a change in the law uh, from that Pension Protection Act of 2006 that requires now the charities with gross revenues that are 25,000 or less in the past they have not had to file a 990 form. Now they do. They must file the IRS 990-N report, uh, and that is a requirement. And a lot of those charities in the past maybe did not feel that they uh, were required to do that, uh, now are. Uh, so make sure you check out the radio links at p2pfundraising.org. Click on archives, and they're all there for you. Now, you may remember uh, that uh, a couple of weeks ago we were covering uh, that Betty White was going to be uh, hosting Saturday Night Live. Now, the reason that we cover it here on the Nonprofit Coach is because of the Facebook connection that she was uh, really urged to be a host uh, because of 500,000 members of Facebook uh, that signed up and really urged the 88-year-old showbiz legend uh, to join uh, uh, Saturday Night Live as its host. Well, SNL stepped up to the plate and they signed her. Uh, she did a fantastic job, if you didn't get a chance to see this. And, of course, in her opening monologue, she mentions Facebook. Uh, so uh, if you missed it this weekend, we've got it here for you now. Saturday Night Live. I, I'm not sure. You, many of you know that I'm I'm 88 and a half years old. So it's, well, it's great to be here for a number of reasons. <laughs> you know, I'm not new to live. Saturday Night Live. I, I'm not sure. You, many of you know that I'm I'm 88 and a half years old. So it's, it's, well, it's great to be here for a number of reasons. <laughs> you know, I'm not new to live TV. In 1952, I started a, my first live sitcom, which was Life of Elizabeth. And of course, back then, we didn't want to do it live. We, just didn't know how to tape things. <laughs> well, I don't know what this show's excuse is. <laughs> you know, I have so many people to thank for being here, but I really have to thank Facebook. <laughs> when I first heard about the campaign to get me to host Saturday Night Live, I didn't know what Facebook was. <laughs> And now that I do know what it is, I have to say, it sounds like a huge waste of time. <laughs> I would never say that people on it are losers, but that's only because I'm polite. <laughs> people say, but, but Betty, Facebook is a great way to connect with old friends. Well, at my age, if I want to connect with old friends, I need a Ouija board. <laughs> 
Well, Betty, thank you so much. You did a great job, and uh, certainly go over to the uh, the video, uh, the radio links uh, at phpfundraising.org. Click on archives if you want to be able to see her whole opening monologue. Of course, we uh, picked out the uh, the best uh, the best parts there uh, regarding Facebook. On to uh, the rest of page one here. Uh, really, really interesting um, discussion over on on the media. Uh, .org. And, and uh, there's a transcript of uh, part of a conference. There's a conference held in New York City uh, where uh, those who tweet got together at the 140-character conference. Now, I know that sounds a little bit strange, but what was interesting uh, is that they did an interview with David Carr, who covers media for the New York Times. And I want to draw your attention to uh, the link over at phpfundraising.org. Uh, in the radio links because this is very, very insightful in terms of how Twitter actually can be used. I'm not going to read the transcript to you here, but they go on and, and talk about how Ann Curry actually was able to communicate and get information directly uh, to uh, the U.S. Air Force uh, to help out Doctors Without Borders, so a charity benefited uh, from the use of uh, Twitter here. Uh, really nice uh, to have the, uh, the transcript there. Uh, and what is the point of Twitter is really what uh, – uh, the point of that uh, transcript over on onthemedia.org. So check it out. And it, it makes me think that most of us uh, who, who use Twitter or those of you who are sitting on the fence wondering what's Twitter all about probably have at least a simple working knowledge of what are the search operators, how do you use uh, Twitter. You know, we certainly understand the, the at sign uh, that's referencing a person. Uh, we, it, most of us know about the hashtag uh, that contains information uh, to a specific topic or a conference. Uh, but there are so many other aspects of using uh, Twitter. Did you, for instance, know, and of course this could be a very important thing, that uh, you could actually use Twitter to find out the latest information on exactly where the best happy hour is if you happen to be in any major city uh, and that there's an actual uh, uh, search operator for that. Well, we're going to give you all that information. Uh, go to phpfundraising.org, click on archives, search in the radio links, and you will find uh, how to use Twitter for search. Uh, and there's a lot more than most people know. Uh, on to the next topic here on page one is uh, over on Mashable. Uh, they're reporting that Facebook has a brand new chat for groups. And uh, this is uh, uh, interesting because you, know, you can chat one-on-one -on -one with uh, a friend that you might be uh, on, uh, on Facebook with. Uh, but uh, they, if you want to chat with several people while you're on, uh, on Facebook, now you can. And that service uh, is called Clobby. And we've got that over in the radio links at phpfundraising.org. And what's interesting here, and a little bit of a, a tie to our page two expert today, uh, who is uh, Steve Culbertson. Uh, and of course, uh, Steve Culbertson uh, is the, uh, the president uh, and Chief Executive Officer of Youth Service America. They have a very special relationship that we'll hear about today with Miley Cyrus. Uh, and this Clobby service actually uh, shows as one of the examples of how to use Clobby uh, something that's called the Miley Cyrus Chat. Um, so I thought that was a very interesting connection uh, today and may have uh, utility for nonprofits looking to connect to multiple people. 
very interesting article um, placed uh, by Blackbaud uh, over on Philanthropy Journal, and this is the value of hosted data. Uh, and this is something that I talk a lot about um, in my lectures, uh, and some of the, the key points here are having remote access to your data, making sure that uh, you've got good backups for your data, confidentiality. Uh, all of these uh, things uh, related to data protection are so important and oftentimes lost in the shuffle when we're trying to get online. So go and read this excellent article that's put together uh, by Paul Barn uh, Barnert, uh, and that is available, of course, in the radio links. Next up, just released uh, the, this morning, uh, very important, of course, we bring you the, the latest uh, things here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, and that is over at copyblogger.com. Uh, they have just released an excellent how to create compelling content that ranks well with search engines. So I, I know you're going to want to download this. Go to p2pfundraising.org, click on archives, and uh, in the radio links you will find a link to copyblogger.com and the free report that they've just created. It's a 28-page paper. Uh, you're going to want to make sure that your staff is on top of this. This was created by uh, Brian Clark, and it's really quite good. So make sure that you download your free copy there. Next up here on the Nonprofit Coach, we've got a request from TechSoup. Of course, we're big fans of the folks over at uh, TechSoup, particularly for the free uh, and low-cost uh, technology services that you can receive from TechSoup. So this is TechSoup.org. But we have a link specifically in the radio links today that they're asking for volunteers uh, to do a TechSoup usability test for their new website. And specifically what they're saying is, they're looking for people who have maybe gone to TechSoup uh, but have not spent much time on the site. They really want to talk to you. Uh, you can uh, email them uh, to set up a time, or if you happen to be in San Francisco, they love to have you uh, stop by their offices over near AT&T Park, and uh, you can help them out with the usability test uh, for TechSoup. Uh, next up here um, on the uh, on the nonprofit coach uh, is uh, a very important topic that we uh, discussed before, uh, and I've got a guest here today to help us uh, uh, learn a little bit more about Gifts and Kind International's new Friends program. Uh, so uh, today I've got uh, uh, T.J. Cantwell, who is a vice president in nonprofit relations uh, at uh, Gifts and Kind International, and I'm going to give uh, T.J. an opportunity. T.J., are you with us this morning? Oh, this afternoon, sorry. I, I am. How are you, Ted? Almost lost track of time here. TJ, thanks so much for, for joining us here on uh, page one. We do have a news item that I wanted you to uh, give us a little bit more information on, and that is the announcement of the new Gifts and Kind International Friends Program uh, and your reduced annual dues for those who might want to become a member. Can you give us a little bit of background on that? Sure. Thanks, Ted. Happy to. Thanks for helping to spread the word. Well, here at Gifts and Kind, we realize that it's uh, tough times for a lot of charities, and um, there's scarce resources out there. So recognizing that, we've actually just launched a new uh, Friends category, which will uh, allow all qualified charities to register um, as a friend for free with us, and they can gain limited access to a wide range of our product donations like toys, clothing, building supplies, uh, much, much more. Um, and we've entered the 21st century, so now we can all they can do it uh, all online in less than five minutes. That's terrific and, and wonderful services, particularly 
in this economy where charities need to find ways uh, to stretch their budgets. So we've provided them with a, a link in the radio links today so that they can go and either um, use your services uh, for free, um, which are, are somewhat more limited services, but still uh, terrific services for free, uh, and then uh, they get the whole host of services uh, for just a low membership fee, which is what, just $150 for the whole year? That's right, just $150, and they get access to all the different member benefits we have here. Um, but we again, we do realize that uh, $150 can be a, a, quite a stretch for some groups, and we want to be all inclusive. So we have the new friends registration that's available online. Right, and TJ, but um, someone who who may be trying to decide what to do, and they certainly should go to your website. And we've got the the link in the radio links. Uh, today, um, they if they're really active users and they're really stretching their budget because they re they get reduced shipping charges if they become a member. Oftentimes, they can make up that $150 in just reduced fees that they might pay on shipping. Is that right? That's exactly right. Uh, essentially, it's 20% off of all of our uh, shipping and handling fees uh, if you. Um, are a full-fledged member, so uh, after getting uh, really only a few orders, you can make that uh, complete membership uh, dues back up of uh, just $150. And you know, we anticipate many organizations will sign up uh, for free, um, see the the advantage of all the products they can get, and quickly become a member and, and take advantage of uh, the other member services we have. Well, terrific. TJ, thanks for uh, coming on, the uh, nonprofit coach today, uh, to share that. We'll probably uh, get you back on the show and talk more about all the services uh, that, uh, uh, that Gifts and Kind has to offer. Uh, but for today, we wanted to get the word out about the new Friends program. So, again, thanks so much for joining us. Thank you, Ted. Appreciate it. And we're uh, back here on uh, page one with another report. I'm a big fan of free, and this is a terrific report. Uh, this is uh, uh, called the Nonprofit Social Network Benchmark Report. This is an updated 2010 report. And just to give you a little bit of a tease why you may want to read this is that it shows that 86% of nonprofits have a presence somewhere on Facebook and 60% are on Twitter. So that's pretty high. And what they did is they conducted an online survey earlier this year, and now they're reporting all their findings. This is very important benchmarking for the nonprofit sector. Make sure that you get a copy of the free report at Nonprofit Social Network Benchmark Report, and that's available at p2pfundraising.org. Click on Archives, and you'll find it in the radio links. You'll remember last week uh, we shared with you the big changes over at Ning, uh, financial problems, new CEO, and now no free services. So those of you who are creating a social network specifically for your organization using Ning.com are probably looking for an alternative. Well, we're providing you with a link to Spruce. Uh, S-P-R-U-Z dot com uh, is uh, specifically going after Ning social network creators. Uh, they're providing services on how to migrate uh, your Ning services so that you can migrate the script right over so you don't have to start all over. Uh, so go check that out again in the radio links. Just a reminder, if uh, you're looking to uh, call in for our, our page two guest, we'll be getting to page two in just a few moments, so make sure that you call in to 347 324-3080, or email me at tedhart.com. Next up here on page one is a very important online uh, series of webinars that become available starting tomorrow. This is the IFC Online, the second international fundraising 
e-conference. Uh, this is a, a uh, uh, companion, if you will, uh, to the Resource Alliance's ISC conference that's held in Holland each year. Uh, we encourage you to check this out. They have 13 live webinars, over 300 organizations from 48 countries already registered. Registration is still open today, uh, so go check that out in the radio links. Next up, we provide you from Mashable with five essential tips for promoting your charity using social media. And some of the things that they mention uh, is, first of all, as we've mentioned here before, social media is a conversation. This is not just marketing. This is not quick money. If you want to succeed with social networking, you have to be active and responsive. This is not something that you just start and it runs itself. You have to be personal and, and authentic. Um, you've got to encourage sharing, and you've got to think of your organization as a wide open organization, lots of transparency, uh, because those who are going to support you are likely to join you in a social setting if you're building some good social capital. Uh, compendium to that, I think, is over at MarketingSherpa.com. They've come out with a terrific piece called Be Helpful, Attract Prospects, Six Social Marketing Tactics. This is very well written and is a step-by-step a, a -step of each of the, the various tactics that walks you through LinkedIn, Twitter, Facebook, very specific things that you can do. And one of the things that I thought was really particularly interesting was tactic number four friend and follow journalists. If you want coverage, know what they're up to, know where they are, follow them on Twitter because most of them are involved in utilizing Twitter. Uh, next up here on page one is uh, just a report that just came out this morning that foursquare.com uh, has exceeded 40 million check-ins. Now, this is a, a, a bit of a, a really fast growth here. In just five weeks, they've uh, uh, gone from 22 million to 40 million, uh, but uh, there's some com uh, challenger coming on board here, and not surprisingly, that challenger is coming from Facebook, which is launching its own location features. So if you're not familiar with Foursquare, lots of buzz about it, certainly lots Lots of uh, tweets out there about, uh, about Foursquare. Read all about it in today's radio links. Um, last up here before we get to, to page two, uh, uh, expert today, uh, is just uh, uh, new services uh, from Google uh, uh, Docs. Uh, you know I'm a big fan of uh, docs.google.com, uh, and we do have a little clip here uh, just to uh, bring you up to date on all the new services that have just been released by Google. Google Docs lets you create, share, and collaborate on documents online. Instead of creating a document, sending it as an attachment, receiving multiple revisions, and then having to merge edits, with Google Docs, everyone works on the same version in real time. And Google Docs just got better with rebuilt editors for documents, spreadsheets, and drawings, designed to improve collaboration, increase speed, and create richer documents. Google Documents have much better import fidelity making it easier to move your documents into the cloud. We've also added tab stops, a ruler to control margins in a document, and improved how images interact within documents. The comment system makes it easy to add, reply, and move comments around in a document. And collaboration now happens in real time. You can see what others are typing with no need to refresh the page or wait, reducing confusion and saving you time. We've also made some big improvements to Google Spreadsheets. Now you can edit a cell from the formula bar, use autofill, drag and drop columns, and navigate easily between sheets. 
significant speed and performance improvements make spreadsheets load faster and scrolling seamless. And as always, real-time collaboration, chat, and cell presence work for many people at once. We've also added a standalone editor for drawings to Google Docs. It's easy to make charts, diagrams, and other schematics. As with Google Docs and spreadsheets, you can also chat while you collaborate on drawings. We hope these improvements to Google Docs help you and your teams be more productive. To try them out or to learn more, visit docs.google.com. That's right, docs.google.com, and this is a, a very important suite of services uh, for nonprofit organizations who are trying to collaborate and bring together volunteers, board members, staff members. Uh, definitely check it out. They are a big competitor to Microsoft in providing all of these services, uh, whether it be Word, PowerPoint, Excel. Um, all of those services are free. They're online. They're, sa they're saved and most importantly, they're all collaborative. Uh, so uh, that wraps it up here today uh, for page one. Let's get on to page two. Steve Culperson is President and Chief Executive Officer for Youth Service America, an international nonprofit organization that partners with thousands of organizations around the world committed to increasing the quality and quantity of volunteer organizations for young people to serve locally, nationally, and globally. Not at all surprising, I've known Steve Culberson for a lot of years. He's a very supportive guy, and for two years in a row, the Nonprofit Times named him in its list of the 50 most powerful and influential leaders in the nonprofit sector. Steve Culberson has helped support me in the creation of the eFilanthropy Foundation and in GreenNonprofits.org, where he now serves as treasurer of that organization. It's my pleasure to bring on to the show today Steve Culberson. Steve, are you with us? I am here. Good to, good to hear your voice, Ted. Thank you. Great, uh, great to be here and great to have you here on the show. Listen, uh, Youth Service America, very important organization, uh, providing services all over the place. And one of the, the, uh, the key services of uh, Youth Service America uh, is something called ServeNet. And I was wondering if you might uh, uh, share with us a little bit about what ServeNet is and why that matters. Sure. ServeNet was really uh, uh, born out of the idea of trying to um, – really replicate, I guess, what um, what you and I know is the most effective way to engage somebody in service, and that's to ask them. So we've tried to come up with an electronic ask um, that makes it very easy uh, to get this information put in under people's noses and just to make it uh, easier for them to contribute back to their community and to address some of these big unmet needs uh, both locally, nationally, and globally. So uh, it, it takes advantage of Internet technology. It takes advantage of, of some of the exciting database technology that's out there. Um, but it's been kind of fun to see the evolution of it uh, over the last 15 years. Yeah, and Steve, the, the, the real push and start of uh, nonprofits really in a major way using uh, the Internet started about 10 years ago. So you were really ahead of your time. Um, how has this evolved over the last 15 years? Well, it's funny. I, you know, I walked in the office in, in, uh, in May of 1996, and I said, what are you guys doing on the Internet? And one of our program directors looked up, and he said, you, you know what the Internet is? And uh, I think he was, he was pleasantly surprised. And I had actually uh, used uh, this system 
at the Environmental Defense Fund where we were using zip codes to find point source pollution in communities. You could punch in your zip code and find out where the, where the pollution was. So we basically took that idea and said, put, put in your zip code and, and, uh, and you'll find volunteering opportunities in your community. So that was really the, the original idea behind it. Uh, we got very sophisticated with the uh, the kinds of resources that we provided on ServNet, and uh, and and it's interesting. We're now about to launch the fifth version of it. Uh, it'll be coming out this month, and so we appreciate the uh, you know the interest on your show today. Well, what are some of the the ways uh, again focusing on on ServNet just for for a moment longer? What are some of the ways that charities themselves can use this? locally to, to benefit. I, I certainly understand how nationally someone can find a, a charitable opportunity, but what, where is the, the connection back to? Because it, it starts with a charity, right? Well, that's exactly right. And, you know, Tip O'Neill had that great line where all politics is local and, of course, all service and, and, and all volunteering is really local. It happens, you know, in that local community, uh, even if it's on a big strategic, you know, global issue. And uh, so the, the bottom line is that this new version of ServNet that we're coming out with this month is going to make it much easier for volunteer organizations to manage their opportunities, to keep them fresh, to, um, to manage the timelines. And we're doing that through a, a partnership. We realize that, you know, our, our real expertise is, is engagement. Um, and so we brought in a technical partner called Samaritan Software. They're based in Salt Lake City. Uh, and through the Samaritan Technologies, we're able to really be their front end, their public portal uh, for some very sophisticated software that they use to help nonprofits manage their volunteering opportunities. So what we're going to be launching in the new version of this is, is really the first time that those opportunities are, are in a sense going to see a public portal. Uh, those opportunities have been uh, simply in the databases of, of, their, of their customers but now, when, when if they work with a library system, let's say in California, um, each of those local libraries' uh, opportunities are now going to be on ServNet. And when we launch uh, uh, the, the 5.0 version this month, there will literally be 60,000 new volunteering opportunities that will be coming online nationwide uh, that seek to engage literally millions of people uh, in service across the United States in all 50 states. Well, that, that's, that's, of course, massive to have that number of uh, new volunteer opportunities and to be able to connect with that many more new uh, volunteers. Um, so uh, do you have the launch date or sometime this month, and we'll just monitor that here on the show? Yeah, it'll, it'll be launched by the 25th of May. Um, we'll have a beta version up uh, uh, before that that we'll be testing uh, online and asking people to uh, to respond back to it. But uh, basically, the technology is complete. Uh, we've been doing some graphic and uh, look-feel kinds of changes to it, but uh, the important piece, the big piece, uh, uh, which is the back end, uh, is built and seems to be working really well, so we're excited about that. We're also well, looking, terrific. obviously, at, at, at things like RSS feeds and widgets, um, and we'll be giving this away for free. So nonprofits that want to put the ServNet widget uh, on their websites uh, that want to have an RSS feed of, of uh, volunteering opportunities on their websites, we'll literally be giving that away uh, to any nonprofit organization that, that uh, desires it. 
That's terrific. And, of course, you, you heard in uh, uh, the uh, uh, page one of the news today that a large number of charities are actually online, so these kinds of services only become more and more important, and the opportunity to connect to uh, a volunteer service like you can only add more volume uh, to the number of people connecting. Is that right? That's right. And, and you know, I think we're, we're still looking at um, less than 10% of all the volunteering opportunities that exist out there are actually online. And uh, so, you know, we need to make it easier for these nonprofit organizations to both put those opportunities up and then to manage them. And I think uh, the new version of ServNet, uh, you know, will really fulfill that. So we're excited about that. Yeah, I, I, I'm always surprised when I'm, I'm lecturing. I, you know, I always include ServNet in uh, in my lectures as as uh, something that charities should be utilizing and uh, uh, working into uh, their website design. Um, and uh, and it's news to uh, to a lot of organizations that that services like this are available. So that's and kind of the, the local vision, right? Yeah, and as you say, you know, it's uh, if it's free, it's good, and and. Uh, you know we're we're really not uh, we're not charging people for this there are some of our competitors or you know are charging folks to to put their information up um but this will be free and um you know there are um there are real advantages to that in terms of of scale uh because we think you know more people will be interested if if we can make the entry level uh piece of it you know as easy as possible and and particularly respecting you know some of the difficult budgets that a lot of nonprofits are facing these days that's a t- tough economy out there so steve that's kind of the the local ysa um uh service but you also um and we covered this on the show and you came on and did a a little bit of a, a promo uh regarding global Youth Service Day. Uh, how did that go, and how does that tie into all these other kinds of services? Well, you know, it, it's funny. Today, um, we we think and we see less uh, information about borders out there. We're much more interested in, and and much more, um, I think, uh, cognizant of some of these problems that have no passports. And as we're looking at at issues like climate change, or if we look at issues like HIV and AIDS, or we look at issues like poverty and hunger, and we look at issues like malaria, um, you know, they don't stop at the border. And uh, so I think what we've, we've really internationalized this whole movement, um, particularly with young people ages 5 to 25 through our target market for Global Youth Service Day. And, uh, you know, we're really, really excited that we had a response and, and activities taking place in over 100 countries uh, and that uh, – uh, those countries um, are located on six different continents, so there's both depth and breadth there in terms of uh, of this idea that we really need human capital to solve these problems. We need, really need people to be contributing back to their communities, and that it's absolutely critical that just like reading or mathematics or learning music or learning to be an expert in sports or learning values like honesty and integrity – that these things need to be taught at a very young age. So our programs start at age five, and we're really calling on the children of the world, uh, not the adults of the world, but the children of the world to contribute back, and knowing that if they do it as children uh, throughout their uh, childhood, their adolescence, uh, that in fact all the research shows that they will go on to be lifetime volunteers and lifetime philanthropists, and that key connection between philanthropy and service of course, causes us to, to really make the case that we're creating a pipeline uh, for this kind of future, uh, future support for the nonprofit world. Do you mind if I ask you a personal question? 
Well, that means that uh, we have a caller here for for you, Steve. So I'm going to bring the caller on. Uh, caller, you're online with uh, Steve Culberson here on the Nonprofit Coach. What's your question? Um, I have three children. What services does Youth Service America have to help them excel in their volunteer work? Well, we have lots of lots of uh, um, lots of resources for your kids, um, and depending on you know we again we start at age five, so if they're at least five years old, uh, they're welcome to contribute. Um, if they're working through a school, uh, we have lots of tools and resources. We have a, a, a website, for example, called GoToServiceLearning.org. Uh, that's set up for teachers um, so that they can involve their students in service, and we have a whole variety of, of curriculum in there for schools. We also provide grants um, directly to kids. Uh, we write checks to five-year-olds um, who are creating great projects. We know they're doing them with their mom and their dad or their rabbi or their pastor or their, you know, their teacher or their scout leader. But, um, you know, we support kids' dreams, and uh, so we have a a program where we work directly with children and youth, um, and that's uh, with Miley Cyrus, and we can talk a little bit more about that, but it's called Get Your Good On, and your is spelled U-R, just like kids text message it, so G-E-T-U-R-G-O-O-D-O-N.org, getyourgoodon.org, and there's lots of resources on there, uh, including 100 Ways to Change the World and 55 Great Environmental Projects that Kids Can Do, and uh, and then of course, as I said, the Miley Cyrus grants that we're doing. Uh, so you'll find lots of lots of tools and resources. We even have tip sheets for kids. Um, we know that kids have to work with adults uh, when they're often doing their service projects. So we have a tip sheet just for kids that tells them how to work with adults, and we also have a tip sheet for adults that tells them how to work with children. So um, we try to cover both both sides of the uh, the equation there. And uh, we really hope that you'll go on our website and, and look for that information. Well, thank you, caller. That was a, that was a very very good call. I want to just make sure that we've got those uh, those additional websites. Uh, of course, your main website is ysa.org. Um, you also have getyourgoodon.org, and the other one was uh, go to service learning. Dot org. Correct. And that's the one for teachers. Well, we'll go ahead and add those links to the radio links today um, so that anyone who's looking for those can go to p2pfundraising.org, uh, click on archives, and then go to the radio links, uh, and that will uh, be available um, from uh, today's show. So we'll add uh, all of those. Now, Steve, you, you brought up, um, uh, as, as uh, the caller had, had asked her question, um, you had brought up uh, that you have a, a special relationship. I mentioned this uh, on page one today with Miley Cyrus. Can you talk a little bit more about that, how that came about, and what does that mean to, uh, uh, to Youth Service America? Sure. Um, well, it was, it was really a, a relationship that was formulated by our corporate partner, uh, Disney, and, and Miley, uh, of course, is, is a Disney star, and, and uh, she's in her fourth and final season of the Hannah Montana show. Um, but we now have a, a direct relationship with her. Um, she is our charitable partner, and we are hers. Uh, we've created this whole Get Your Good On program. Uh, with her, and uh, it, it includes all kinds of resources. We've got about 11,000 uh, children and youth that are members of this site. Uh, it's an online site, and uh, uh, it, it also has those various resources, as I said, that, that we provide. 
And then, uh, you know, we're constantly running different kinds of promotional pieces, um, getting information out about uh, what kids are doing and, and how they're getting their good on, as we like to say. Uh, for example, we're doing a video contest for kids who did projects on Global Youth Service Day. They can submit a video, and the winning video um, is actually that the young person who submits that will get to come and volunteer for a day with Miley um, in her home area of Appalachia, um, an area that she feels very strongly about and wants to be really focusing her service work on, uh, on hunger and homelessness. Uh, uh, she's got a, 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 a number of programs that she's working with there. Uh, we're also doing a big promotion at, uh, with her godmother, Dolly Parton, uh, at Dollywood in the next few weeks. And then uh, we're also, uh, we just found out that we're going to have an insert in her new album um, that will have information on Get Your Good On, and uh, the, the initial run will be about 1.2 million of these inserts uh, in the album coming out in June, so we're excited that her fans are going to hear more about Get Your Good On and, and have a direct promotion right there. So um, we're we're looking forward to uh, these ongoing kinds of promotional pieces. Uh, you know, she's one of the biggest stars in the world. Uh, I traveled a lot last year and heard her music in Africa and Latin America, not to mention obviously the United States and Europe. And it's exciting to be able to work with a young person. Uh, she's 17. Uh, who really, you know, wants to get other young people engaged uh, in in these health and education and human service, human rights, environmental challenges that are facing us, uh, knowing that if, if kids aren't involved, uh, they'll never be involved as adults. So we really need to start them early, and uh, and that's her strong message as well. Well, those are, of course, uh, Im important ways to draw attention to volunteerism. Um, Steve, we've heard about ServeNet, uh, which is very important, Glo Global Youth Service uh, Day. Um, can you tell us a little bit about um, Youth Service Institute? Yeah, the Youth Service Institute is, uh, is, is our annual training program, and uh, we try to move that around the country, Ted, so that it, uh, it becomes a... Uh, uh, a strengthening vehicle, if you will, for the local nonprofits uh, in that state. Um, we were in Florida two years ago. Uh, we brought it to the Washington, D.C. metropolitan area last year. And uh, we're really excited that we'll be taking it to Detroit, uh, Michigan, in October of this year. And uh, the reason I'm excited about that is that I've been in Detroit. I uh, used to live out there and, and uh, uh, Detroit is, is, is one of those cities that I think is a, is a microcosm for some of the big challenges facing the United States. And, of course, we argue if you don't have a youth strategy to solve those problems that they'll never really get solved. And I think one of the exciting things about, about Detroit is that the people there are really passionate about saving Detroit and putting Detroit back on its feet again. And uh, so we're going to be um, working with schools out there. We're going to be working with a nonprofit community, with a philanthropic community, with partners like United Way um, and others uh, to really uh, figure out how we can uh, uh, really intervene in some of these challenges that communities are facing and in particular uh, empower the young people in those communities uh, to really help contribute and to help make some of this change. And, of course, one of our outcomes that we're really expecting um, is that as kids fall in love with the problems of their communities, they're not going to go running for the hills once they get a good education. Um, you know, I was speaking with the governor of Detroit, uh, Jennifer Granholm, not long ago, and she said, you know, people come to the University of Michigan, one of the best universities in the world, 
and then they immediately leave Michigan and head for Chicago and Washington and New York and Boston and San Francisco and Los Angeles. And, uh, you know, they don't stay in Michigan. And so we really need to have kids own those problems and to realize that, that they're part of, of their community's future. So this is going to be, uh, you know, one of the key themes at this Youth Service Institute. And we'll be bringing in our national partners from all over the United States and as I said as well, working uh, in particular with the schools and, and with the faith and the nonprofit community uh, in southeastern Michigan. Steve, um, we've got a question from Tom in Atlanta, and he was just wondering, uh, you mentioned the Miley Cyrus grant. Um, are all the grants uh, for individuals, for kids, or are there grants available for nonprofits working with volunteers? Oh, absolutely. If you're working with uh, if you're working with young people, nonprofits are welcome to apply for those grants. Uh, and if if you go to the YSA.org uh, page, uh, there's a whole section on grants, and and I believe the direct link is YSA.org/backslash/grants, and they'll see our latest grants. We've got a new round coming up with uh, Disney, uh, our Friends for Change grants that we're doing with them, and these are about uh, uh, environmental issues uh, that kids are working on. Uh, and then in the fall, uh, we'll be launching a whole new series of grants, another round with Miley and uh, a big round with State Farm, a big round with United Healthcare. Uh, and I'm, I'm, let me talk about that just for a second, Ted, if I can. The, the United Healthcare grants, uh, the United Young Heroes grant, uh, is, is really our effort to get involved in this childhood obesity issue, uh, but in a unique way in that um, the grants actually support uh, ideas that young people have to address childhood obesity. Uh, after all, this is the biggest problem facing young people today, uh, and we want their input on it. You know, too often adults are trying to solve problems for kids uh, without listening to young people, without hearing their voices, um, without getting their input. And this grant actually uh, is to support the ideas that young people are bringing uh, to this terrible, terrible issue of childhood obesity. And we just gave out about uh, 300 of these grants this spring. And it's just amazing the creativity, what kids are coming up with. Uh, they're looking at this issue of, of local communities that are food deserts where there are no uh, fresh uh, produce outlets in those communities. Um, uh, people are forced to, to buy their food at, at uh, you know, quick marts and things like that um, where there isn't uh, a lot of healthy food uh, available to them. We're looking at movement kinds of things where kids are coming up with uh, different sorts of exercise programs um, and movement programs. We're looking at advocacy where kids are, are fighting to have PE put back in, uh, physical education classes put back into the schools. Um, and lo and behold, we're finding that grades are going up when kids are having uh, uh, physical education classes. So there's a lot of good uh, uh, positive research around that. And then just peer education, you know, how do we teach uh, each other, how do kids teach other kids about what good foods to eat? We know the power of peer pressure. We all remember our adolescence. Uh, but, uh, you know, let's figure out how to use that in a positive way so that kids are influencing other kids in a positive way uh, around good food and good nutrition and, and good health. And those are, you have so many different grant uh, programs, I think, particularly in a time when the economy is not not doing so well. I, I made uh, note of uh, a, a special award program that that you have uh, for young social entrepreneurs. 
Yeah, we've we've been supporting social entrepreneurs for for really a long time. Um, we were the first fiscal agent when City Year got started back in 1988. Uh, we helped David Batty start the Youth Volunteer Corps of America. They're now in 54 cities. Uh, we helped Aaron Lieberman start Jumpstart. Um, we helped. Uh, Start peace peace games, and we helped start uh, Avuda, the Jewish Service Corps. Um, and there's just so many organizations that we've tried to to help them get off the ground with with funding and different kinds of resources, and helping them put their boards together, and giving them space, and becoming their fiscal agent. And this is just something that 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 we realize that if we're going to um, really be calling on young people to serve that we need to have increasingly um, a number of good quality outlets and places for them to do that so that we have a a, a supply uh, responsibility as well as a demand um, you know sort of task that we have uh, that we've taken on and and we take the both sides of that equation very seriously now your primary uh, market of course is uh, as you said starts at age five it goes up to what age do you up, do you up to up to twenty five so uh, basically okay, so. when kids are in school we're looking at uh, uh, k through twelve um, and then higher education uh, we'll be out at the community college uh, conference um, that's coming up on the west coast um, very soon and and that's a key market for us. But you know the the one that we struggle the most with uh, in, in in terms of adults just being stubborn is the uh, the K through six. Um, you know, over half the principals in the country, uh, elementary school principals, don't think their kids are old enough uh, in elementary school to contribute back to the community. And and I just think that's it, it's so outrageous and ridiculous uh, and short-sighted on their part because I've got a, a, a big group of, of elementary school principals that have discovered that uh, youth engagement and service learning is a powerful, powerful tool. And, you know, Miley Cyrus likes to say if you give somebody a guitar when they're eight, by the time they're 18, they're pretty darn good. And uh, the idea that we would wait until somebody was, um, you know, an adult before we ask them to contribute to the community, I think, is, is, is so um, short-sighted. And that we really, you know, just like music and just like art and just like math and just like reading uh, and manners and, and, you know, good values, that we start when kids are young. And adults can, can be great role models with their kids. They can do service with their kids. It's a great family kind of, a, of an activity. Um, but we also, you know, we want to hear from kids. They have great energy and idealism and creativity and, and ingenuity, you know, and, and, and looking at the world in a completely different way than we do as adults. And uh, it's really a shame when, when we use expressions like, uh, you know, kids are the hope of tomorrow. Uh, I can tell you from our work, kids are very much the hope of, the, of today. They're not future leaders. They're the leaders of today. And, um, you know, we just have to remember that most of the great social movements in this world uh, were really started and, and uh, energized by young people. Well, and that's so true, and of course, uh, kids are so much more connected to each other today that being able to inspire each other on all sorts of different topics becomes very important. 
Steve, for, for uh, uh, the nonprofit coach today, this has been a, a pleasure to have you here on the show. Just to sort of recap, Youth Service America is an amazing service that can help charities uh, find volunteers through ServeNet, can help uh, find uh, grants and to inspire young people to be in service uh, to their communities and to charitable organizations. You have amazing relationships around the world that you can bring to bear to help charities succeed uh, in inspiring children. What comes next for Youth Service America? Well, I think we're, we're looking at uh, sort of six big priorities. Um, uh, we want to increase um, uh, the role that, that children and youth are playing in particular uh, with some of the federal agencies like the Department of Agriculture and the Department of Labor and the Department of uh, Health and Human Services um, uh, and the Department of Justice, we think that uh, you know that young people need to be a greater part of some of these government programs. Uh, certainly, going in and, and uh, trying to get more kids from low-income communities involved. All the studies show they're just as enthusiastic as kids from uh, from wealthier communities, but they just don't have the same opportunities available to them and, and we think that's a shame and we need to do something about that. I mentioned the elementary school, the younger children will be launching a major program uh, on the uh, uh, for elementary school kids K through 6 um, this year and uh, and then I think our whole school strategy in general, you know, how do we um, really go up against this uh, uh, this huge problem that one out of three kids who starts high school in America is not finishing and it's not because they're stupid, it's because they're bored. Um, kids are, are, are voting with their feet and they're walking away from schools. And it's the worst thing in the world they could be doing in an economy where 90% of the new jobs require a college education. So we, we've got some great engagement strategies. We know how to get kids interested in, in, uh, you know, in big problems and we want to connect that to their math and their science and their technology, their engineering. Uh, you know, their English classes, their history classes, we think we can make those classes all more interesting and relevant uh, by working in that, um, you know, in, in that arena. And then finally, how do we get kids to, um, to really fall in love with the big problems of the world? I mean, we've got some, you know, really big issues facing us right now. And, uh, and I think, you know, we want kids to, to understand these issues, uh, to find their voice, uh, to take action and to have impact and to start that at a really young age. So um, we're really we're going to be pushing out a big uh, semester of service on, on water, for example. I think water is going to be one of the seminal issues of the next two decades. And kids in America have got to become experts on water. Well, and Steve, I, uh, that gives me an opportunity to thank you for the leadership that you're providing to the Green Nonprofits Organization. Um, certainly, uh, we have a chapter in our new book, Nonprofit Guides Going Green, on that very topic. You're an inspiration to a lot of people. It's very, uh, very important that we be engaging uh, our young people throughout this country for the very reasons that you just outlined. I think this has been a, a, not only an informative but an exciting show today. So, Steve Culberson from Youth Service America, thank you for being our guest here on the Nonprofit Coach. Thank you, Ted. Here 
on page three, I share with you where I'm going to be. I'm going to be uh, visiting some nonprofit organizations down in New Orleans. I want to get a chance to uh, uh, see what's, uh, uh, what the effect of uh, uh, the oil spill is down there and what planning is underway for the future of nonprofit organizations in the New Orleans area post-Katrina. Uh, so I'll be able to report back to you on that. Uh, as we come back for our next show, and I'm thrilled to share with you and invite you uh, to join us for our next show on May 18th, again, always at 12 noon, you'll be able to call in and ask questions of John Murcott. John Murcott is the founder and vice president of products and strategy at Karma411. Check out karma411.com. If you're all about social networking and fundraising online, you need to get to know Karma411. So we really appreciate having uh, John Murcott on the next show. Rounding out this month uh, here on the Nonprofit Coach, uh, very excited to have just uh, one of the the biggest icons in the nonprofit sector, uh, someone who has been around for a real long time and is a a very accomplished author, uh, and that's uh, going to uh, be Mal Warwick, uh, an expert in direct mail and online fundraising. Uh, He actually co-authored with me my very first book uh, way back 10 years ago, uh, and that's Fundraising on the Internet. Uh, So on May 24th at 12 noon here on The Nonprofit Coach, uh, we will have Mal Warwick as our guest. Uh, so uh, as we uh, look to wrap up uh, the show today, uh, I'm just going to remind you of uh, what we find over at p2pfundraising.org. Uh, this is our newsletter, and uh, the top of uh, the newsletter, of course, is promoting our speaker today, uh, who is Steve Culberson, who did an outstanding job. What amazing services that all charities can be availing themselves of over at Youth Service America. Also shared with you a very important study that came out of uh, Pew Internet, uh, and they have just released their annual Future of the Internet report, five things that matter about the future of the nonprofit Internet. Uh, They outline those here in the P2P fundraising newsletter. So go to p2pfundraising.org, and uh, they'll uh, share with you all the details about how Google changes the very way that we think that the Internet changes language. Another topic that they cover is that pundits don't know what they're talking about. Um, Also, the Internet will remain end-to-end, sort of, and what's the future look for uh, when you're putting together your Internet plans. And anonymity and privacy will continue to be big issues. Those continue uh, to be things that we cover here on the Nonprofit Coach in terms of privacy policies on Facebook and and other areas. A big event coming up for those of you who may be in the Vancouver area. We want to uh, invite you next week uh, to uh, a book signing for uh, my new book, Internet Management uh, for Nonprofits. Uh, It's a little bit far away from my schedule, so I'm not going to be able to be out there, but we will have other authors there. This is sponsored by CharityGiftBag.org and brought to you by Hewitt & Johnson Consultants, a friend to this show, uh, Mike Johnson, uh, up in uh, Toronto. Uh, And uh, that's going to be Tuesday, May 18th, 5.30 to 7, and that's at Morrissey House uh, in Vancouver, Canada. All the details are at P2PFundraising.org. Click on Archives, and you'll find the most recent issue of the P2P Fundraising Newsletter. Of course, this is where you find all of the radio links, so everything that we covered here on the show today from the New York Times, uh, one-fourth of nonprofits may lose their tax breaks, all the way through to Google Docs just keep getting better. And just to remind you that if you want to connect with other people uh, here from the Nonprofit Coach and you want to connect with other uh, charitable experts uh, and uh, 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 professionals in the P2P Fundraising arena, uh, you can join 
join us on our LinkedIn group. Uh, we have a discussion group there that now has over 714 members. Uh, so lots going on over there at the P2P.org newsletter and uh, with our radio links. So again, I want to thank our very special guest today, uh, Steve Culbertson, uh, who is from Youth Service America, for sharing with us all of the details of what's going on with ServeNet, Global Youth Service Day, their uh, very special relationship with Miley Cyrus. Uh, so again, Steve, thank you for joining us here on The Nonprofit Coach. We'll be right back here next week on uh, Tuesday, May 18th, 12 noon. Thank you, everyone. That's our show for today. Thank <laughs> you.